morning crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. The CEO of Collecti Lab, Selman G, is joining us this morning. Jackie, also known as the Crypto Juggernaut, and NFT Tones is making a special appearance. So I'm very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how the Ethereum merge is finally complete. With the highly anticipated shift to proof of stake, we show our listeners why this upgrade was historic. SEC Chair Gary Gensler is doubling down on his regulation of crypto, stating most projects will be required to register with his agency. The CFTC is preparing to take crypto by storm, claiming that they should be the agency to regulate this market. We show our listeners a video of David Schwartz explaining how XRP is decentralized. A connection between the quant and XRP ecosystem has been discovered, as Swift is now conducting tests using the blockchain. With smart contracts set to take over the world of banking, we show our listeners how 2025 is gearing up to be the bull run of a lifetime. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. Good morning and welcome back to all of our loyal listeners out there. We got Misty, Mr. Johnny K in the building and NFT Town, so it's going to be a great episode. But Johnny, we're starting with you. How you feeling today, my friend? And thank you for making time for us. No, I'm always feeling good, even if it is a morning. So first of all, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for showing up every day like real warriors. And I'm um, happy to see our brothers and sisters. We got the man from Germany himself. Good morning, Selman. Good to see you. Joyful Jackie in the house. I love being on the show with Jackie. It doesn't happen often. And then, of course, good morning, NFT Tones. Glad to see you rolled out of bed today to join us. Awesome. And we're going to make time for someone as well. But someone, we're circling back to you because I know you got some technical analysis for us. Jackie, we're kicking it to you this morning. Of course, we're always happy to have you. But what's on your mind? And thanks for making time for us today. Yes, thank you for having me. I know. I feel like I miss you guys. I miss you guys. I actually, I was cracking up. Uh, just just want to point this little quote out. What is it? Ver, Verhoofty Flufin says, Ah, oh, Abdullah and his silky voice. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I don't think that's the correct way to pronounce their name, so I'm not going to try to do it too, but thank you a lot. I appreciate that. That's doing awesome. great. Yes, I'll thank you, Jackie. Jackie. I'll just post it for you. There you go. We're going right to NFT Tones. NFT Tones, check out that background, you handsome devil. What's on your mind, my friend, as well? Thank you for taking making time for us. Uh, yo, I am running on that 24-hour energy, and so I am pretty tired, but... I got some huge news, which is Fractal announces a Fractal developer platform, and that is huge for Solano. And it's really interesting to see uh, this kind of thing come to Solano. So I, I'm excited for it. So another crypto influencer is shilling Solano. What do you expect, guys? But we got Selman G in the building. We're very excited to have you, Selman. Feel free to do your technical analysis as well. Actually, you know what? I want to show our listeners our Good Morning Crypto Twitter. So circle back to me. What's on your mind? Thank you so much. I feel like Tones is tired because yesterday's fungible, non-fungible show was crazy. And so, yeah, lots of different content we're providing here on YouTube, guys. So smash that like button. And I'm feeling great. Amazing day. Cloudy, but crypto is all just, oh, man, we're coming closer to the market bottom. I, I believe in that. So I'm getting ready. We're going to um, post so much stuff on Discord here and there. So stay tuned, guys. 
education is key. So I'll kick it back to you. Uh, Abs, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling amazing, Selman. And thank you for making time for us this morning. We're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. You get access to every single member of our team. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. So go smash that follow button if you love hearing from us. We're checking out the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index now. And we're sitting in moderate fear, Johnny K, still ranging at a 28. But here's what's interesting. The total coin market cap, we're taking some serious hits this morning. We are sitting at $960 billion in total market cap. We got Bitcoin at 40% dominance. Ethereum is 19%. Bitcoin is sitting at $19,700 this morning. And you can see this massive red candle that came in yesterday. That brought us directly below 20000 Ethereum is all the way down to 1400 XRP, $0.32. Cents. Cardano is $0.46. Cents. AVAX, $18. Algorand, $0.29. Cents. Hedera is $0.06. Cents. We're going to go to Quant which is back below 100 at $96 this morning. Selman G, I know you got some technical analysis prepared for our listeners, so I'm kicking it right back to you. What's on your mind, my friend? Thank you so much. Well, uh, finally, the Ethereum merge took place, right? It happened without any accidents. So as we talked about it for weeks, right? Back in early August, even in July, we sat by the rumor, sell the news. And people thought it's going to go even above 2000 For a moment, it kind of looked like that. But hey, at the end of the day, it's always buy the rumors, sell the news. And guess what happened? It's uh, trading below, what is it, 1500 right now. That's crazy. So uh, Bitcoin tanked again. I mean, let's say a little pullback uh, took place. We're below 20 k now. And so I want to show you real quick what's going on here with Bitcoin. Um, well, guys. I'm not going to check out the logarithmic uh, chart. I'm looking at the normal uh, normal view. And you guys can see this is the bear market. This is an all-time high last year in November. And we are in a almost one-year-long bear market. And guess what? We are very close. Like We got rejected. And the um, CPI rate that came out uh, recently was just, you know, acted as a catalyst. And we are approaching the 19,200 level. That has to you know, work as support. If not, we got a moving trend here, a dynamic trend with a support at $18,500. If we lose that one, I don't feel like we're going to see just 1,700, 700, 17,700. I think we could really go down to the long weighted 15,500. That would be great. But as long as we hold this, then it's just consolidation. We're ranging here and that would be a great buying opportunity. And with that, sooner or later, guys, we're going to see how we're breaking above that falling trend. And with that, once we break above and see a nice retest, just like this, right? Then, you know, this is a great buying opportunity. Put a stop loss below and enjoy. And, you know, coming to Ethereum real quick, you see we even got a short position uh, signal here. So currently trading at 1,460. We're approaching the 1,430 support. That should ho like hopefully uh, work. But, you know, given the fact the FOMC meeting is next Wednesday, people are really desperately hoping for a uh, lower rate hike. So not 75 and not even 100, right? So people expect even 100 now. That that increased to 20, 30 percent, maybe 40 percent, uh, the expect uh, expectations. So, guys, for now, it looks scary. If we lose that, especially at 1,430, then we can really see us back down at 1,250. If we can manage to hold it, maybe we can talk about a cup and handle. But, again, um, we're very close to see a market bottom because inflation, if you zoom out, CPI rate has decreased. 
The only reason why we've seen that uh, pullback in the markets uh, for Dow Jones, etc., all of them, was basically because analysts predicted 8.1, but we ended up uh, closing at 8.3. Uh, but over time, we are decreasing, wow. right? So if we are fighting inflation, I don't really trust the numbers that the government present us. That's another topic. But given the fact, you know, that you know, these are the official numbers, maybe we could really see um, the market bottom anytime soon. And then, you know, you don't want to wait on the sidelines. Maybe you want to, like, work on your game plan. Uh, what a great time to be alive. Awesome. Thank you, Selman. And Johnny Crypto, we're showing a tweet that you put up the other day. People don't think the bottom is in, right? They think they're going to hit 17.5, and that's a little bit optimistic, but I do think it's possible, right? And if we got back down to those levels, it would create a very stereotypical double bottom, which would lead us into the bullish momentum we're all anticipating in 2023. What are some of the projects that you're watching? And I'm about to show our listeners a clear connection between XRP and Quant Network. I think what this shows us here is somewhat something that someone just touched upon. You know, that 17.5 bottom, it feels like there's a lot of people waiting for that, right? For You can see here through the poll we ran yesterday, 75% of people think we're still going down, so no surprise there, which means we're close to the bottom. But of those people, a good chunk of them think we're hitting 17.5, which tells me we're probably going to have a lot of buyers. If people are thinking 17.5, that means they're probably going to buy at 17.5, and that's just my guess. I'm going to buy at 17.5, and I'm also going to buy at 12 if we get there. And even 15, but I, I think I the only reason why I shared it was to give people it kind of gives you an idea yet. Yes, 17.5 is gonna be a, I think a stronghold. If we lose that, oof, that's gonna be pretty scary. So uh let, let's hope we don't lose that one. Johnny Crypto, the one way to, that you lose during a bull market is not taking profits, but the way that you lose during a bear market is not investing and sitting on the sidelines when these markets sure. continue to uptrend. I want to kick it to Jackie this morning. Jackie, what are some of the projects that you're watching? And we always talked about how the Ethereum event was going to be a buy the rumor, sell the news situation. Here we are today. We've got Ethereum dipping back below $1,400. It's pretty crazy to think about. And I want to point out that back in August, when Ethereum was $1,900, Jim Cramer went on CNBC and told everyone, this is the perfect time to buy Ethereum. We've bottomed out. We're getting ready for some bullish momentum. So what's on your mind, Jackie? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the moment with Ethereum right now. I don't think, you know, guys, that's pretty unique. We par we're part of history. You know, that happened like eight and a half hours ago. So that's a big event. Um, so I'm kind of <clears throat> just relishing in that a little bit. I am watching Ethereum um, to go in for, for more buys. Just because that's a big event, um, any upgrade to the mainnet, any any merge type thing that happens, you know, that's that's huge. Um, and there's so many DeFi projects, so many DApps that run on Ethereum. Uh, so that's it's a huge ecosystem. So that's definitely one that I'm watching, I'm trying to get a good buy-in on, um, as well as other layer ones. That's kind of my game plan as you know as we continue through the through the bear market. Thank you, Jackie. And we got 152 live listeners joining us right now. So show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to hear from NFT Tones on the Ethereum merge before we dive into our news for today. NFT Tones, everyone's talking about how now miners are going to be incentivized to stake their Ethereum instead of just dumping it on the open market. So how long until we see some optimistic price action? We're looking at this thing today and we got a massive red candle. I mean, I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I mean, it is definitely, it could very be beneficial now that we have more people likely to stake, but we also have more people likely to mine other things besides Ethereum as well. So it, it could really be hard. It's hard to say what could happen from here. 
And there's so much that we can debate here, Johnny. But one of the things that we talk about is competitors to Ethereum. So with the fact that Ethereum's upgraded, is it now in a situation where it can compete with blockchains like Hedera, ADA, and others? What's your opinion? Yeah, you know, I, 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 well, first of all, it's the leader, right? Um, but you're right. Does it, it needs to, like anything, anybody, like a human being, you know, if you're a coder, for example, or you're, you're some of you, you go to school, if you don't go to school, um, and you stay out of the game for 10, 20 years and you don't keep your skills up to say you fall behind the people ahead of you, right? Who keep coming out new. It's the same thing here. ETH needed to do this. We knew uh, they were going to do it. And so, but to me, this is 100%. I wish you could bring the chart back up. This is 100% proto. If you can go to the one month, go to the one month or three month uh, time scale. This is literally um, prototypical buy the rumor, sell the news. And what's happening today, right? So today it's the news is out, right? Today's the day it happens. And look at the chart crash, right? I mean, guys, this is so obvious. So it, yeah, it's, and we've been calling this out and telling you this was going to be a buy the rumor, sell the news kind of a thing because of the fact that once it happens, okay, that's it. It's going to continue on. And there's no large grade adoption that's going to happen here. It's already the number one seed. Um, it's just going to keep its role. So it was the perfect opportunity to buy and sell. For those of you who did, congratulations. Pat yourself on the back. If you listened to Kramer and you sold at 19 when he said it was going up, you did great. And to be honest with you, I'm not excited about 14. You know what I'm going to be excited about? Because it's coming. We're going to hit 1,000. We're going to get close to 1,000. I'm actually looking for 900 again to retest. You know, you know, someone talks about retest all the time. I'm hoping we get a retest at 900. I will definitely be back in the truck back up again if that happens. Selman, we're going to show our listeners an article of Raul Paul, former macro analyst for, I believe it was Goldman Sachs. And he talked about how this event is going to create all this institutional buying opportunities because they're going to be incentivized not only to hold Ethereum, but to actually stake it on their native protocol, which will earn them up to 8% back in Ethereum. One of the levels that I'm looking for at this price chart is that $1,430 mark. That was the low that we printed back in late August. And if we don't hold that level, it looks like we're going all the way back to $1,250. So what are some of the things that you're seeing, Salman? So I really hope that quant goes down to $40. Anyway, so on the yearly chart, if you check out Ethereum, um, the the bottom looks like a good solid uh, support. It looks like it's around $750 $800 and we pretty much like we're close to that right so if we go down we could form some kind of a double bottom there like $800 is going to be a strong support 750 maybe but if we close below then you know ethereum could really go down to 450 but then you know the whole market has a we, we have other issues it's not going to be just you know ethereum but the ethereum merge absolutely like what Raul paul said 100% agree ethereum like the Ethereum merge is a big milestone. It's it tells us that finally Ethereum can really schedule things and they can really like schedule things and they uh, bring out bring an update finally. You know there is consensus, but also um, in the long run that's going to be huge, especially in the next bull run. You're going to see how institutions will flow into Ethereum, HBAR, XRPL, all of this proof of stake is currently you know the most important and then you know the most efficient uh way of um you know <clears throat> utilizing things and yesterday we talked about dynamic nfts that tesla could use or you could what you can use it with real estates if you want um if you want ethereum to like if you want your nfts to run on the ethereum blockchain you need a way faster and secure uh blockchain and so proof of stake is going to help make it more 
uh, scalable and make it more, you know, way faster. But still, I feel like you know, XRPL and HBAR and some other blockchains are still going to take so much of the shares because um, their infrastructure, their core infrastructure was already uh, the st stones were set way before Ethereum started with that proof of stake uh, idea, right? So this is why I believe you know it's still a big thing for altcoins for sure. But like short term, it was a buy the rumor, sell the news. So um, Kramer said buy at twelve two thousand dollars. Literally, that's crazy. He literally said buy. It's a great buying opportunity. Guess what happened? So this <laughs> is why you know we're doing these shows, guys. Smash that like button. I'll kick it over to you, man. Yeah, give that like button a warrior elbow drop, flying one, smash that soul bitch, but don't break it because we need to do it again tomorrow. But I just want to answer this question because it's very important. You know, sounds like I should wait to buy. Listen, guys, don't ever do anything we say or do. Please do your own homework. Please do your own research. Just because we're waiting and buying doesn't mean you should because the reality is it may not get there. And, you know, at 2 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, we may decide to change our mind and buy some, and you're not going to know about it. You'll be like, oh, why didn't? So please don't do what we say. You guys need to do your own research. Buy when you feel is the right time to buy. We talk about dollar cost averaging for that reason because you never, none of us know. And you'll never hear any of us on this show ever tell you we know the bottom or we know the top. We just know the RSW indicators and we listen for certain people and we judge by those things. But we don't know the tops. We don't know the bombs. Please don't wait to buy. If you want to buy, you buy. Uh, we're just giving you our input, our thoughts, our gut feeling, but it doesn't mean we're right. And one of the things that we always discuss on our channel is how 2023 is setting up to be the year of institutional adoption. But 2025 is when our listeners are probably going to create most of their generational wealth. So we're doing our best to prepare you for that point. And a date that everybody should be aware of with all the news that's happening today, March 10th, 2025 is when ISO protocols are going to be fully implemented. And that's when our listeners who have been investing in those tokens should see some serious profit. And we may be on our channel talking about how we should be using Johnny Crypto's exit strategy. But before we dive into that, let's get into our first article for today because we have SEC Chairman Gary Gensler holding tight on his statements about crypto regulation. He went on to state that Gary Gensler called the securities law a gold standard of the capital markets stating that the SEC should oversee all of the cryptocurrency market. Gary Gensler reinstated his belief that most cryptocurrencies are currently securities, but he also went on to reiterate that exchanges, broker-dealers, and custodial functions should also be registered with the SEC. Given the nature of crypto investments, I recognize that I may be appropriate to flexible and existing requirements. What Gary Gensler is stating there is, He's open to changing his mind. He's going out on a limb here, claiming that the SEC should regulate this market. But when we get sentiment from other uh, regulators, they clearly state that this should go to the CFTC. A couple more statements from Gary Gensler before I kick it around the group. He went on to state that stable coins may be shares of a money market fund or another kind of security. Therefore, they are also required to regulate and register with the SEC. He added that in instru he instructed his staff to look for several ways that securities and non-securities can work together. And eventually he believes that many of these projects are going to be required to not only with register with the SEC, but with the CFTC as well. Look at this man grabbing a hold of this market. He's got no shame, Johnny. What does it say to you? The fact that Gary Gensler is doubling down on his stance. This is a guy that's reaching and grabbing to keep his job. <laughs> grabbing anything in my opinion, right? He does not want to lose power here over this industry. Um, and the reality is, he does say it here, and we've seen this as well. I really believe this is going to be one of those scenarios where this is going to get shared. You're going to see this split between the CTFC 
and the SEC. I think there's no way around it because of the fact that at the end of the day, when you think of a cryptocurrency, they're always going to be there are always going to be some that are going to promise you a, a return. And the minute they say that, the minute they say that, there's always going to be a question as to whether it's a security. So I think you're going to see this thing be a co-shared opportunity and, 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 and hopefully Congress, you know, they'll put some regulation out there to help define it. But even Congress has said it's going to live in both places. So I just think that's going to be the real world. You're going to have companies that are going to be forced, some to spy with the SEC, some with the CFTC, and actually some with both. And at the end of the day, that's probably not a bad thing because then it's going to squeeze out a lot of the bad players. So I think it's good in the long run. Here's what's really interesting about this quote here, right? SEC Chairman Gary Gensler claims that most crypto tokens are securities. Both centralized and decentralized crypto intermediaries have to register with the SEC. Here's my question. How could a decentralized currency be a security? Selma G, I know you got some thoughts. I'm going right to you, my friend. Yeah, so first things first, I wish we could invite all, you know, all of these people like Gary Gansler and other regulators from other countries um, at the headquarters of 3T Academy for a nice dinner. And, and we can help Gansler understand why we don't think these are securities. So because the whole world literally has no problem, especially like Germany is very crypto friendly, to be honest. Like uh, you see a lot of people coming to Germany as well. Uh, the Netherlands, United Kingdom also, you know, uh, put efforts to become more crypto friendlier. And so it's just funny, like slowly they're waking up, but they never said these are securities. They always claimed that there are commodities here in Europe. But they didn't open like doors for innovation here that easily. But like SEC is doing quite the opposite. Instead of protecting uh, people, it looks like they're protecting themselves or others. Um, but it's just clear to see if like SEC is not smarter than anyone else, guys. Like there are brilliance of people, great regulators, maybe outside abroad, and these people literally don't see any issue with them their commodities or service providers whatever and sec in this case you know is just messing up uh so i hope that there is going to be more clarity more um maybe enlightenment um within that institution so that we can finally breathe and um look forward <clears throat> Here's what I love. Mentelec put a great comment, and this guy always comments amazing things on our show. He said, don't assume the SEC's Ivy League educated lawyers are ignorant on XRP's non-security status. It's a great point. If people like us, regular people, can understand the real-world use case of XRP, I don't think it's out of line for Gary Gensler. Not only is he getting over, I think his net worth is over $300 million, and that's specifically from understanding financial markets. So if he can't understand XRP, we got to get a new guy in that role. But Jackie, I'd love to kick it to you next. We're showing a tweet from Gary Gensler. Wait, I just saw we had Gonzo pop in, so we're going to Gonzo and then back to Jackie. Gonzo, welcome yeah. to the program. What's on your mind, my friend? We got so many questions. We decided to bring Gonzo on board, guys. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Oh, good to be here. Yeah, I know that Jackie and uh, Selman have to jump off, so I wanted just to jump on for the last thirty minutes and just say what's up, man. Awesome. Thank you for making time for us, Gonzo. Always happy to have you on, man. We're talking about Gary Gensler right now, and I know that Jackie has to go. So I want to get your opinion really quick before you hop off. Gary Gensler is taking control of this market, and he's even calling decentralized currency securities. This is way out of line. What's your opinion, Jackie? Yeah, I think he's ridiculous. But I had a question. Um, one of the comments that you guys had showed up or popped up on the screen um, talking about how the SEC needed to be disbanded. What if, like, I just kind of want to get the opinion of everyone in the group. Do you guys believe that that 
could possibly happen, uh, like a disbansion of the SEC, maybe CFTC, and a whole new regulatory group being formed? What I think is most likely is that they're going to create some sort of a subset of the SEC that will specifically regulate crypto. Like what I'd like to see is the CFTC and the SEC take the best of both worlds, come together and create, you know, a standard for this market. What I think is most likely is it's going to be a power grab situation where you have basically children fighting over who's going to control this market. But Johnny, I know you're focused on the global elite. So what do you think, my man? I have no idea what the heck you're talking about over here, but uh, I was actually commenting. This guy's in the live chat too much. Yeah, was live chat. I missed your question. So you <laughs> no, that's really fine. I, I pulled an XRP jet. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I was just asking, do you believe that maybe it's possible a new regulatory group could be formed? Like if, because oh, someone had asked, um, it, someone had said like the, you know, the SEC needs to be disbanded, which I mean, okay, we all, all believe right. that too, but. That's not okay. First of all, that's not I, take yeah. that idea, roll it up, throw that so much in the garbage. It's not happening when the SEC is not going away. Okay, it's here to protect all of us, right? So, whether you believe that or not, it's not going away. Uh, will they create though? That's an intriguing yeah, question. New will they create a new group? To me, I think you know, I don't know the answer, right? No, none of us does, but here's what I'm thinking if you find, like we just talked about, you're going to have this mix up between some people going, some having to go file with the CFTC, some having to go file. With the, with the SEC, at some point, maybe somebody's going to figure out, go, hey, you know what? It'd be more efficient if we just made a special group that would address this market and have that regulation. It's not – to me, I don't think it's out of the question. If it were a corporation, it would absolutely happen because corporations are looking for efficiency and saving money. It's a government entity. <laughs> They're usually the opposite. <laughs> They're not very efficient. But it would be a smart thing, and it wouldn't surprise – it would not – Surprise me if that came out. And hopefully if, if congressmen are listening to this show, maybe they're like, hey, that's a good idea. But I do think that's not a bad idea. Like, hey, let's get let's recognize this is a different industry. It's played a little different and maybe it should be regulated a little different. So hopefully that happens. I think that'd be a great idea. Yeah, I don't. Awesome. I don't. I mean, obviously, the powers of be are not going to give up their powers. Why? Why would they do that? They wouldn't but be giving it up, possibly. though. They, would, they wouldn't be giving up, Jackie. They would just transfer right. it. To a new group within themselves, right? So I, I think it's I don't I would not that I don't think that's that far of a stretch out of a realm of possibility. And it would actually be a good thing for the industry. So I actually hope that happens, but it's gonna be a while if it does, I think. Yeah. I think All it's right, guys, on, I got Thank you so much, Jackie. We're gonna catch you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you guys Smash the like awesome. button because we love boom, you boom, boom. all. As, As always, always, guys. We're going to dive into our next article, which is actually a video I'd love to show our listeners because this man, he was very critical of the under four, under age 40 demographic. He even went as far as to say that anyone who's under age 40 knows absolutely nothing about finance. But we're going to let this short clip play and see where he's coming from. Then I'm sure we've got some rebuttals from our group. Here we go. At this table, and Barry's been a huge part of it about what the Fed should or should not be doing and where we really are in this economic cycle, whether we effectively are already in a recession or not, and whether the Fed is doing too much or too little. I'm very curious where you land on this. I think that we've had 15 years, 14 and a half years of Disneyland, that basically has destroyed the economic structure. Think about it no interest rates. So anyone who's today 40 years old, guys like 40 years old with no experience in markets. Right. With zero, they don't know what time value of money is. Okay.
Do you hear that NFT tones? Because I, I think he's talking to you, man. We're going right to you first. What do you think? He's coming at us here. He's saying that we have no idea what money is. and We don't understand the sacrifice and the time commitment that it takes to become wealthy. I disagree, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. What's on your mind? You know, I completely disagree with that. I mean, there's a lot of hard work that people put into this stuff and it goes far away. I mean, the technology is even revolutionizing. I mean, if you look, if you paid attention to the non-fungible show, we showed these NFTs, right? That literally tracked your cars in your house. So you could see from now what the cars and houses, like the data it contained. And then in 10, five to 10 years, right? You could see the difference in the data. You could see the house maintenance. You could see how old it is. You could see what's been done. And it's really interesting to see. So I, I really think that this has a lot more to it than what he's saying and that it, this is not fake money and that this is not like anything bad. I think that this is definitely something real and that people like him are just, I hate to say it, just stupid. They're rat snake weasels trying to push people away from the right thing. You're spot on NFT tones. And someone said, I'm bullying you into your opinion. Absolutely not. That is not the case. But Gonzo, I want to kick it to you, man. I thought he made a great point. He said that we've been in a zero interest rate environment. So there's been a lot of free money within these markets. Is that something that's going to continue? Or are people in our age are going to get a massive reality check when the printing press is printing? I, I think for right now, um, that, that that is true, right? We had that free money. We had very low interest rates or zero interest rates, right? And I think um, we're seeing that change, right? I think eventually uh, there's only a couple tricks that the Fed has. Uh, and it's either to raise interest rates or to turn the printing press back on, right? So we know at some point, uh, I don't want to predict when that's going to happen, um, they are going to turn the printing press back on, right? They need to get inflation under control, though, because if inflation is too high and they turn the printing press back on, uh, it's devastating, right? Um, but as far as what the guy was saying, um, I, I don't think age has anything to do with it, right? If you're willing to put the time and the effort, all the information because of technology is right there the charts, the history, the data, it's all there. It's just up to you to sit in front of it and digest it. But just because this guy went to uh, whatever Harvard school he went to, business, whatever, right, doesn't mean that he knows more than you. Right now he might, but if you put the time and effort and you study and you look at the charts, all the information that you need to make moves like these guys is there. You just have to take it. Johnny Crypto, you know I'm coming to you next. What catches my attention is check out the, the title on this article. It says, The Black Swan Author. Could that be some sub subconscious programming for people out there? Everyone's talking about how on September 24th, there's rumors of some massive catastrophic event coming. We know that many of these things don't come to fruition, but we know the Shemitah is also on September 26th. So what are you anticipating and what are some of your thoughts on the zero interest rate environment? So uh, <clears throat> here's how I'm going to list talk about this so in terms of what he's saying I, I i agree with gonzo you don't make this an age thing this is not an age thing but there is some truth to what he's saying whether you guys like it or not the reality is ever since 2008 the goddamn printing presses have been on they've been on for a long time and, and anybody who's lived in that period i think what he's trying to say is anybody who's lived in that period that environment and he's saying approximately 15 years because about that um doesn't know <clears throat> what it's like to live in the real world and there's some truth to that because we've been in an inflationary printing free press money thing where guys who, who and you guys, you were younger, but you guys were alive, but you don't know what it's like. Guys like myself and Gonzo, we worked. We lived through the age where there wasn't a, 
a whole shit ton of free money. And the world was actually a better place, to be honest with you. Um, so we lived through that period of time. And I think that's all he's trying to say is for anybody within the past 50 years, if you were born, yeah, you you don't know a different environment because you haven't had a chance. It's like when you go to ballpark, there's a bunch of different baseball fields or ice rinks, right? And you play on all the different size fields. Okay, well, you guys have only had, not you personally, abs and, and, and tones, but people born after 28, 2008, haven't had a chance to see what it's like to be on the other side or play on a different field. I think that's all he's saying. He's just sitting there using the age. I think that's what threw it all off. And, and there's truth to that. I don't disagree with him at all. He's absolutely right. It is a different environment. And now I think what the press has turned off, if they keep him off for a while, folks are going to get to see what it's like. But this is not a, a young person, old person thing. This is just a matter of there's some truth in the fact that, yeah, 2008, it's been a different world. And here's my belief, Johnny. I think that the, not only is the printing press going to turn back on, it's going to turn back on faster than ever before. Not only do we have central bank digital currencies coming, but we have universal basic income already being implemented in Europe and Asian countries around the world. That's coming to first world countries like ours. And when that happens, we know the Fed is going to have to print additional money in order to sustain this economy. But we got 199 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button and let the algorithm pump this thing out to as many listeners as possible. We're about to show you another video because this is a straight up conspiracy episode, I guess. We're going to show you a conspiracy about how XLM and XRP are set to underlie and back assets like gold and silver. This is a very short clip and it may be controversial, but we're going to let this thing play and get comments from the group. Here we go. Everything, Sorry. everything will go to zero. It's a cyber crash. So, so, so the the um, the the White House will crash. Everything, including the stock markets, everything. In this event, everything goes to zero. But like a phoenix rising out of the ashes, gold and silver will revalue, uh, along with XRP and XLM. So XRP uh, is 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 backing uh, gold, and XLM is backing silver. So. After the event, what has value is gold and silver, uh, XRP and XLM and the, and the other um, uh, uh, ISO 222 coins. Um, they'll have massive value and so will the assets on lobster. So essentially, um, you know, you talk about BlackRock. I own lots of BlackRock. I own lots of Vanguard. I own lots of, of well-known companies because all those companies have been, had their assets seized and they're laying them out as tokens on the Stellar Network. This is a part I really want to emphasize. So what he's saying here is that a lot of institutions that already went bankrupt and what they're doing is they're tokenizing existing assets to create additional revenue streams. So I'm going to let the end of this clip play and then we'll, we'll get some comments. Um, and if it, wasn't, if it wasn't true, then, then um, you know, all these big companies uh, would be up at arms and, and saying it's, it's a lie, it's not true. No one is. I mean, I own a lot of BHP, a lot of a lot of mining companies. One because that's going to be huge after the event as we rebuild. But you don't see any mining company, um, you know, uh, saying it's not true. So this that went on maybe a little bit longer than you would have liked. But what he's saying there is that there's going to be a global reset. There's going to be a moment where all of these markets, financial, traditional, cyber, everything is going to collapse, and we're going to have a few individual currencies, specifically ISO compliant backing real hard assets like gold and silver. Obviously, this is a conspiracy theory, but anybody who's been involved in XRP for quite a while has heard rumors like this, that XRP was going to be the phoenix 
rising from the ashes, which was the global collapse of financial markets. And what was going to come out of this is a new central bank digital currency system, as well as a global economy where blockchains are interoperable. I know that's a mouthful and I'm throwing a lot of listeners who probably aren't too familiar with crypto, but I do want to go to you, Johnny. What are some of your thoughts on this catastrophic event? And are we going to see cryptos rise from the ashes? (sighs) You know, this is a tough one. It's hard to say what's going to happen here and how this is going to play out because there's so many different conspiracies being thrown out there that they're confusing and you don't know which one. But I think we do know at the end of the day that the banking systems are working on creating a more efficient system. We know the ISO 20,022 coins and the implementation is set to come in 2025. So if they've got this plan and they're slowly introducing it, then why do we need a catastrophic event to make that happen? So I'm not so sure anymore that we need to because they're already calling out what's going to happen they're already saying we're moving to the system the cbdc's are already being tested around the world um the, the the standards are being put in place the blockchains are being developed tests are happening i i'm not so sure i buy it anymore that we need this flip the switch kind of thing to make it happen so that's kind of my perspective on it and again i've always told you you know xr when i first got into it the thing i kept hearing was xrp is the banker's coin and xlm is the people's coin right that's what we kept hearing and I think now, since then, two years later, we're seeing some evolution of that system. And I think we're seeing there's probably going to be going to be a coexistence of a, of number, a number of different currencies and, and technologies. So to me, that's what I, I feel we're today, how I feel. And, you know, and I feel different versus what I thought two years ago as I learned more. So I think that's what's going to happen. I'm not so sure we're going to get this catastrophic event and the flip of the switch. I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to have a natural flow into this thing. And it's going to be a slow adoption, just the way we went from cash to credit cards. I think you'll see maybe the same kind of thing. That's my two cents. I could be completely wrong. And I think there's a flaw in the logic of like a a catastrophic collapse that also affects crypto. Because if we're going to shift people into blockchain, they need to understand that that asset class is safer than the rest. So if they collapse traditional markets, it would actually be beneficial if they allow blockchain to continue to function and roll people over into that system. Johnny Crypto, I see you giving me that 100. Gonzo, love to hear your thoughts. What's on your mind? Um. You know, I, I agree with Johnny. Um, I, I don't, again, anything is possible in the matrix, right? But mm-hmm. um, I think that um, the older generations that had a mistrust of technology are getting way, way older and kind of dying out, right? Out and mm-hmm. as the younger generations come in and they're raged with technology, there's a bigger trust of it. So I think it's an easier transition. Like if you were going to do this back in the 80s, right? or maybe the beginning of the 90s, there was a lot of mistrust of technology. As we've moved on, as these other generations have gotten older and hit the workforce and gotten a little bit older, there's more of a trust of technology. So that transition into more efficiency, um, I think will be easier. That's just my thoughts on it. You're spot on, Gonzo. And check out this list. I want to go right back to, I mean, we talk about ISO compliant tokens every single day on this channel. And for good reason, in that clip, what he said is if we have this catastrophic event, These tokens, the seven that we're showing on our screen, these are the ones that are going to save the global financial system. Now, guys like us, we're incentivized to believe that narrative, right? Because if that happened, it'd be catastrophic, but we'd make lots and lots of wealth as well as our listeners. How do you feel about that headline? Is that just another narrative where it's fear-mongering and and they're pushing people in a certain direction? You know, I think think for me, literally this question here is kind of the key question, right? Do we need a catalytic, a blah, uh, you know, some kind of catastrophe to happen for people to accept the quantum financial system. And the reality is, at first, I think when we first got into it, I think some of us thought, yeah, that needs to happen. Now, 
I'm not so sure because I think with UBI being rolled out slowly and you'll be able to get your money through these systems, people don't care how they get their money. They really don't. Think about it. Whether you get it through Venmo or cash, nobody cares how it works behind the scenes except a few of us because we want to invest in those rails to make money. So as long as people get their money, I don't think they care how they get their money. I don't think they care whether XRP or XLM is running the scene and how they get their money in their FedNow wallet or whatever. So to me, I think that's where the difference is. Now, where the catastrophic event maybe makes sense is, you know, the shifting away from the dollar. That may be where you get something like that, okay? That is where I would say, yeah, that's probably more applicable. But to switch us to some system that 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 runs in the background that nobody knows how it works anyway, and they need a catalytic, you know, cat catastrophe event to make that happen, I, I have a hard time buying that story. I don't know. How do you guys, what do you think? What do you guys think? I mean, I think the story is right in front of us. We haven't heard from NFT Tones, but I want to show our listeners this really cool tweet because we're drawing a connection between Quant and XRP, two of our favorite so two of our favorite tokens. So it's important to note that Ripple is one of the founding members of the Digital Pound Foundation, and maybe most importantly, Ripple's head of policy, Susan Friedman, is the chair of the Digital Pound Foundation. And when we look to the right of her picture, who do we see? We see our good friend and the founder of Quant Network, the CEO, Gilbert Verdinand. He's got one of the best resumes in all of blockchain. And this is just another connection showing that these tokens are set to succeed. I really, really believe that, Gonzo. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts, then we'll go to Tones. Yeah, you know, um, Johnny talks about this all the time, about like the whole networking effect, right? Or the people that you know. Um, these people run in these kind of small circles. Um, and and uh, I've talked about this, you know, like the PayPal mafia, right? All those guys hanging out at South and South, South by Southwest, uh, Gary Vee and all those guys, they came up with PayPal, right? And so I think this is kind of the same thing. These guys hang out, they spend time together um, and they make um, connections and they build relationships. And that's where we get these things like Quant, Ripple and all those other things. So it just makes me bullish on Quant and, and, and XRP. NFT Towns, we are switching into a new global financial system. And when that takes place, the current monetary system is going to have to move in that direction. We've got Swift Financial Messaging System piloting a blockchain project. Swift is currently responsible for over a trillion dollars in transactions. And it basically monitors our entire global financial system. When we sanctioned Russia, what we did is we annexed them from using Swift. They weren't able to transact in U.S. dollars and that just severely hindered their economy. But let's dive into this thing. So Swift is officially testing out blockchain and is piloting a project with fintech company Symboyant Inc. The collaboration includes groups like Citigroup and Vanguard, and it's aimed at driving efficiencies in communication and significant corporate events like dividend payments and mergers. Swift delivers secure payments among 11,000 companies to over 200 countries and territories worldwide, directing trillions of dollars transactions per year. Swift will use the platform's smart contracts and blockchain capability to create a network effect that leverages our 11,000-plus institutions connected to Swift globally. When we talk about ISO-compliant tokens, we're talking about the Swift system not only starting to exchange value, but doing that through the use of blockchain. The fact that Swift is coming out and telling us publicly they're using this stuff in 2022, I can only imagine what's going to happen three years from now. But NFT Tones, let's start off with you, my friend. What catches your attention about this article and what does it mean to you that Swift is publicly using the blockchain? Yo, I find that this is huge news because they are coming out and telling us that they are using the blockchain. So it kind of tells us that if we kind of do our own research and take our bets right, right? If we choose our bets right, we can actually be very, very successful here. And I think it's definitely something that everybody needs to pay attention for now because 
And if you look at it, 200 plus countries are using the SWIFT, uh, Swift uh, payment uh, form. So it'll be huge. And I think it'll be really interesting to see what, how big this gets and what coins are actually going to be used. Gonzo, when I see smart contracts and blockchain capability, the number one person I think of is you because I go to Ethereum immediately and it's pretty funny. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. Is there any chance that Swift is going to be using an outdated technology like Ethereum instead of some of these ISO compliant tokens? You know what? Um, they, they could be. It's funny because I was reading one of the comments saying that ETH is going to zero. Like, you know, just be careful with the maximalism. Like, I love XRP. I love Ethereum. There's a lot of different blockchains, right? I, I think we're going to end up being multi-chain. Like, it goes a little bit away from the question. But understand, don't sleep on ETH. W- what's happened with it going proof of stake? At its protocol level, it has changed, right? Proof of work as a concept, um, you are incentivized to sell, right? Because as a mining as a business, you're, there's constant sell pressure, right? And that's gone now. In proof of stake at its protocol level, Ethereum, you are incentivized to buy and hold so that you get rewards, right? That's going to be, that's at that protocol level. And so we don't know what that looks like. Now, I'm not selling you Hopium. This is like in the future, right? Where Ethereum can go. We still have upgrades to come, but um, there's a reason why they did this, why they went to proof of stake. Um, you're going to see the legacy financial system really start to hone in on Ethereum. And I'm not saying it's the best technology or it's better than XRP or the XRPL, nothing like that. I'm just talking about the legacy financial system, the narrative with ESG and what Ethereum has now done, right? You watch in the next bull run and the one after that, um, dude, don't sleep on Ethereum. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to break down exactly. Raul Paul said the same thing this week, Gonzo, but we got 193 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And if you think XRP is going to overtake Ethereum, definitely smash that like button. But let's break down the details of this Ethereum merge because there's so much going on. And we've been talking about this for over a year. Ethereum merge is going to introduce something magical afterwards. Macro analyst Raul Paul says he's very bullish on Ethereum. So Raul Paul says that Ethereum's transition to proof of stake will bring something magical to the smart contract platform. The macro guru says that investors will flock to Ethereum after it transitions because there will be a yield introduced into the protocol. This is going to incentivize people to not only not sell their Ethereum, but actually stake it with Ethereum's native protocol and earn additional tokens as a reward. That's exactly what you were talking about, Gonzo, where people in the past were mining Ethereum and they were incentivized to sell that to get a profit. Now they're going to be incentivized to take that Ethereum that they're unable to mine and actually stake it on their network. What do you think this is going to do? And and what are you expecting from institutions? We say 2023 is the year of institutional adoption. This could be a key reason why. Yeah, they're just going to go ahead and, and like, like it says, they're going to buy it because they don't need to sell it. They can hold it for the long-term play, right? And then just live off the rewards that they're going to get, even if it's like 4 or 5%, right? I've heard it high as... as 10, 11, I don't think it's going to get that high. The more they get staked, I think the more that it drops. But you're, you're, for me and you, you know, we're talking about maybe thousands of dollars. When you're talking about institutional money, you're talking about millions, if not billions. When you're now looking at 3 to 4%, that's a lot of money. And all they have to do is buy it and then just stake it and then live off those rewards and then just wait. And then if Ethereum really takes off, if they want to sell some of it, but why would you sell? You're incentivized, like, again, and it's not and it's not unique to ethereum it's unique to proof of stake right in the protocol level you're incentivized to hold and live off the rewards and so um yeah i think he's 100% spot on
Johnny, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. We've turned bullish on Ethereum. After doing the show, me and you started off maybe a year ago, starting off as pure utility maxis, right? Like I know we wouldn't admit this, but we are all XRP, all quant, HBAR, many of the tokens that we had done our deep dives on. Then we learned about Ethereum and we figured out that the banks were going to be giving Ethereum a free pass, whether it's Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, BlackRock, many of the biggest names in the world are financially incentivized for Ethereum to succeed. So what do you think about this upgrade and what are we going to see in 2023? Is it going to be the year of institutional adoption for Ethereum? Listen, at the end of the day, I ain't no fool. I want to be riding the high waves, right? And the reality is ETH is going to be on the, you know, it's one of those where it's on, it's on the big ship and I want to be on that big ship too. So that's just the reality of it. You know, in terms of its utility, we know it's an older, outdated technology started in 2013, maybe even earlier. And we're in 2022. So just technology in general, the way technology works, there's always advancements right in front of the other one. But there's a lot of people, you know, a lot of things at stake here with ETH. And I think there's a lot of people that have a lot of money in it. And so the reality is it's not going to go anywhere. And for me, I'd rather have be in that game and ride the coattails of that and see where it goes. And, you know, do I think it's the most efficient and best smart, smart contract technology out there? No, because it's just old and there's other ones that are better. It would have to scrap, you know, start from over, start from scrap. And that's not going to happen. They're just trying to do the best they can with the merger to, to improve it, but it is going to be there. I don't think it's going anywhere. So, so abs, you're right. I, and I always started, I had some ETH when I first got started, but for me, my plan now is to get more because I do think it is going to be there for the long run. I don't think it's going away somehow it's going to survive. Uh, I, and I don't know how or why, but I just know there's a lot of players that want that and they want Solana. And so I want to make sure I've got both. So there's like, it's funny. You have some of the coins where you invest in because you just believe truly, hey, these really are truly good damn technologies. I got to have them. And then there's other ones where like, you can't understand the shit why they're there, but you can see there's a lot of force behind it. It's like, you know what? I got to have a few of those too. I say this all the time. We don't know which horses are going to win the race. You got to bet on a few. Some are beautiful looking horses and they're great. Other maybe not so great, but there's, 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 a, there's a big turbo engine pushing it from behind. So you want to make sure you're at, you have some of those too. That's kind of how I think. Yeah. You know, Johnny's right, dude. Like we all talk smack about Solana, right? And so we, but you know, you'd be a fool not to invest in some or to have a bag of Solana, right? Because for whatever reason with venture capital, or the way it works, it just keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And that network effect is happening, right? It's growing, right? It's pushing out. So um, yeah, it's crazy. You know, uh, now Ethereum still needs to go through a few upgrades, right? The Shanghai upgrade is next. And so as long as these upgrades still go smoothly, then I think it's on pace, right? You never know what might happen in the future with the sharding upgrade or something like that. So you got to stay on top of it. But like Johnny says, you got to cover your bets, right? Even if maybe... Um, you don't believe in it, right? Like we're all big in XRP. That's what we believe in. But um, you would be a fool not to kind of hedge your bets. Gonzo, and we always talk about how 2023 is the year of institutional adoption, but we started off this show by saying 2025 is going to be the bull run of a lifetime. And we're about to show our listeners a video of exactly why that's going to take place. But before we do that, we got 216 live listeners joining us on this Thursday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for joining us. We're about to show you a really, really important video talking about how this bear market is totally different from bear markets from the past. And the main reason is that the institutions, they're gearing up to get involved. So we're going to let this 30-second clip play here, talking about how BlackRock, Fidelity, and many other billion-dollar institutions are back in crypto. We're going to let this thing play and get comments from the group. Here we go. If you talk to the operators like myself and the amount of work we have to do and the amount of interest and calls we get, 
to, to tokenize things, that is complete disconnect with the actual asset prices that you're seeing. And what's really different about this cycle versus the 2017 cycle is in 2017, the previous cycles is really crypto native projects coming and developing on each cycle. You know, in this cycle, you know, just recently we've seen um, the real world adoption, not just at, you know, um, KKR with Securitizing Avalanche, but BlackRock uh, partnering with Coinbase. And you've got Fidelity now talking about uh, opening up to retail uh, for their massive base of clients. This gets me excited, Johnny Crypto. We talk about this stuff every day on our channel, but it feels like some sort of a validation when you see the big wigs like this guy talking about it on a public platform. BlackRock, Fidelity, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, all of these financial institutions went from calling cryptocurrency nefarious and fraudulent to now betting, placing their bets on those exact same currencies. So what does this clip mean to you? And is this bear market different from the past? We got the trillionaires lining up. You know, it's just 100% you said the keyword validation for what we we have been saying that on this show. We've been telling you guys that, or at least, you know, that we, at least anyway, I feel that the 2017 and 2013 cycles were speculation cycles. And that this one, you you feel different. It, it's real world adoption. You're seeing real apps running on Ethereum and on Avalanche and Solana and, a, you know, even AVAX, I the same thing. You're seeing them run on all these. We've been telling you that this is different. And not only do you see adoption and you got the big wigs coming in the game, you're also seeing Congress acting and making regulation. You got the SEC. I mean, it's, it's a completely different cycle. In 2025, it's going to be even more different than this one, right? It's going to be completely different because we're moving in stages from something that's an idea to then moving to like 2013, an idea, 2017, like a proof of concept, 2021, you know, really true prototypical functionalities, early stage. And then 2025, beginning of, you know, the infancy of, of a brand new technology that's going to then just grow. And you're going to be at the beginning of the S-curve of technology adoption. It's just so, so early right now. But so for me, that's <laughs> that's why it's so exciting because I think we are in something so early that people can't even. Well, you know, what? I came with this new saying the other day. We're in so early, it feels late. You know, we feel like we're late to the game because we're in so early and we're just waiting and waiting and waiting for something to happen. But we're just so damn early that it's it's going to take a few years. Technology does not move fast when it's something like this that's game changing for the world. And um, but you should be excited, folks. By 2025, 2030, if you hold on to your bags, some of those horses are going to be like Amazon was for me had I held it back in 1997. We got a comment from Jessica said, XRP to the moon. We're going to show our listeners a video of David Schwartz explaining how XRP is not centralized. So this is only 12 seconds. We're going to let it play. Here we go. The XRP ledger is decentralized because no organization or individual has any legal right or ability to control it. Every participant enforces every single rule and the system is governed by all of its participants. Now that's a very, very cool video, but he got straight to the point there and he talked about how it's decentralized NFT tones. We always talk about, let's not talk about how if XRP is decentralized or not. Does it really matter? XRP is being uh, accused of being a security and operating as a security. And if it is decentralized, that could not be the case. What do you believe, my friend? I believe that it is decentralized and that the, this whole thing is kind of a hoax, but uh, we'll just have to see. 
And what I really want to focus on is the rest of these ISO compliant tokens. We've got Stellar, Hedera, IOTA, XDC, Ripple, Algorand, and Quant that compose this list of the most prominent currencies on the planet. If you were able to fast forward to 2027, that's a journey listeners. But Johnny Crypto, let's just kill this episode by talking about these tokens right here. We always emphasize on Algorand, and I want to show you a partnership I was able to find last night once I can locate. Here we go. So this is a really interesting tweet. I'd love for our listeners to read this. Quant is building a beast. Oracle is partnered with Quant, and they've also partnered with Microsoft and Amazon Web Services. Oracle just announced a total revenue growth of 23% in quarter one of 2022, beating guidance by an estimated $200 million. The CTO, Larry Ellison, went on to say that some of the most famous brands on the planet are using Amazon Web Services, which will be switching to Oracle Cloud in the next few months. This is another major catalyst for Quant. Johnny Crypto, what are you going to be doing with your new cash? I'm be buying more Quant, just like Mentalik is doing. <laughs> I love Quant. I mean, I, I kind of think it was the one that brought it to the academy. It was one of those things where when I realized its power, its capability, what it could do, how it could be the TCPIP of the internet. To me, I was like, wow, this is something that I want to make sure I've got a horse in this race. I don't have enough of it, to be honest with you, Abs. But this is one I ain't going to lie. If I see this, I, I'm going to be, I, I buy it anywhere from, $50 to $100, somewhere in that range. I've been DCAing. Actually, first bags, I think, were maybe a little earlier. But the reality is, to me, it's one of those that, that I like. In fact, all these that Mentalik says are all my <laughs> – like, literally, if someone were to ask me, Johnny, what are your top – I mean, the only one I added there was probably Mana and Engine. But when you look at that list, Quant, Gala, XLM, XRP, Adan, Algo, that's literally almost my top five or six favorites, you know, um, from that from that group there. But to me – I just encourage anybody who's getting started in crypto, if you're new to the show or new here or new to this space, this is where I direct them. I say, go look at the ISO 2022 coins. This is somewhere where, you know, this is going to be making up some of the infrastructure, what's coming in the future. Put a few of these in your bags, maybe put them all in your bags. It's up to you. Do as you want. But to me, this is where I would start. If I was new in the space and wanted to get involved in the crypto and didn't know much about it, I would probably also add a little Ethereum and a little Bitcoin as well to those because they're different plays, right? As we all know, but those abs are a phenomenal place to start. And, and yeah, and I wish, by the way, Mr. Right, you're so right. By the way, I will tell you this, guys, you actually can't, you can't stake, but you can earn on Quant. Very hard to find a place, but on BitTrue, you can actually earn about almost 1%. It's not a lot, but why not earn 1% versus 0%? Still better than nothing. I don't trust Bitchu, but we're going to dive into this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm only kidding, Roto. But let's close out this episode with some XRP news. As we have NFTs that were supposed to be implemented on September 13th onto the XRPL ledger, well, we've got some news breaking down exactly why that did not take place. So Ripple Executive addresses a bug fix in the new amendment for NFTs on the XRPL. Ripple's new non-fungible contract will allow NFTs to be minted on the XRPL, and the director of engineering at Ripple says the engineering problem was discovered by third party hours before the amendment to the XLS 20 would have been activated. So we became extremely close to seeing NFTs on the XRPL. He goes on to break down the details of how they're going to add this to the network eventually. But NFT Tones, I'd love to give you the floor. Is XRP going to be a main competitor to Ethereum and other networks when NFTs are able to be launched on their platform? I think that it is going to be a main competitor. And I think it's going to be huge because once it gets NFTs, we could actually really start to see how people are going to transition and start to use the crypto current app, uh, XRP for NFTs. And it'll be interesting to see how banking and other uh, use cases come from this and they start to be used and incorporated. 
I think it's really interesting. I am a bit disappointed, though, that it didn't come when it was supposed to. But I'm glad that they are having third-party people come out and actually take a look at this and find bugs like this so that then people don't run into problems when it does launch. Yes, you're spot on NFT Tones. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Tones. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. We got 192 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button on your way out of here. We are going to be back for an NFT special episode because it's a Friday. We'll see you in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. And next week, guys, Warriors Crypto. Don't forget to join us next week. Let's go.